If you've never been to the Maryland Renaissance Festival, you don't know what you're missing. There's so much to see and do. It's like a 16th century theme park with shops and pubs, food and games, live jousting, crafts and music, 10 stages with nonstop entertainment. Fun for the whole family. Saturdays, Sundays, and Labor Day Monday through October 24th. For tickets, visit MarylandRenaissanceFestival.com. Save big on admission through September 12th. Near Annapolis, the Maryland Renaissance Festival. Time travel to fun. Coming up, he's been making waves on Friday Night SmackDown, and this week he joins the podcast to talk about his change of scenery. The original bro, Matt Riddle, is here as ATB starts now. Welcome, welcome, welcome to After the Bell. I am still Corey Graves. We are still marching onward and upward toward the biggest party of the summer. That is SummerSlam. Finding out each and every week a little bit more what that massive event is going to look like. I can't believe summer's almost over. It's crazy how my sense of time during all this lockdown and madness in the world is completely gone awry. It's almost the end of summer. It is almost time for fall and Halloween and all the things that I love so much. But we're not here to talk about that just yet. Not trying to force the time any faster than it's already gone. Really stoked about the conversation I'm going to have today. This is a dude that I have known of for quite some time. We've had a few cordial, casual conversations backstage in our limited interactions. But it is my honor and pleasure to introduce the newest member to the Friday Night SmackDown roster, the original bro, Matt Riddle. Matt, welcome to After the Bell. Dude, bro, thanks for having me. Been a, been a fan for a while. I've been trying to get on this thing, and it's finally coming, it's coming to life. It's all about persistence. You, you kind of just have to keep working at it. We've been trying for weeks, but we made it finally happen. We made it happen, and that's what matters, bro. Right on. We got a lot to get to, man. This is, I think this is the first official conversation that you and I are getting to have. We've, we've bumped into each other at TV and brief moments we've brushed shoulders we've grazed past each other you know we're right. in the pasture you know we're, <laughs> we're on we're on we're on the field but you're right this is the first time where i feel like we're locking horns you know? that's it we're, we're really we're flapping the gums I verbally locking the horns let's do it i'm into it before arriving in this wonderful world that is sports entertainment or we can say pro wrestling on this show too so we won't get in trouble for that one hell yeah yeah, there you go. Give me a, give me a little Cliff's Notes version about uh, Matt Riddle and how you ended up in the combat sports world and, and what kind of led you down that path. Well, honestly, Corey, I'll, I'll be real. Wasn't the best at the book learning. Ah. You know, I was kind of destined for something else. I knew I was <laughs> never going to be behind the desk. You know, I wrestled throughout college, did that, you know. And, but at the same time, I just felt like I was limited. And that's when I started doing jujitsu and fighting. I dropped out of college and literally trained in an apartment because back in the day when I was training, there weren't even gyms to really train at. It was right. illegal in most. You couldn't even do mixed martial arts in most states. It was a crazy world. And, you know, uh, luckily for me with my wrestling pedigree and all that, I picked up jujitsu pretty quick and got, I, honestly, I got lucky. I had one amateur fight. I lied to the ultimate fighter, told him I was born to no pro. And before then, there wasn't a sure dog back then to really check. Yeah. Like, okay. So they just believed me. So I got on the ultimate fighter, knocked the first dude out like brutally, like broke his jaw in three spots. It was insane. And then they found out I was like one and no amateur. And they're like, bro. And I'm like, I had, to, <laughs> I had to get all this medical work done. And some of you, I, you know, they thought I already had it done, like EKGs yeah. and stuff. But I didn't. You know, I just, 
like lied. But hey, sometimes if it's a white lie, it's okay. You know, because look at where we ended up and I had a great UFC career. And then unfortunately it was ended early. Could have probably done a little bit more. You know, I was watching the fights the other day and I was like, oh, what if? But, <laughs> but, but you know, when one door closes, another one open. I've always been a huge fan of professional wrestling, sports entertainment. And when I got fired from the UFC, you know, because I poured my soul into that and I just didn't have I felt like I had nothing, you know, like I said, like other than digging ditches and fighting people, I'm not really great at any, you know, when it comes to making money. So it's like, what am I going to do? Right. And I think, I think there's a misconception about MMA from most of the general public that until you're like a very top tier superstar, there's not a lot of money to be made there. Even guys that you're seeing that we're watching on UFC or, or whatever organization it is, aren't necessarily making great livings. I think the big thing is when you see somebody on TV, you think success. Like, how did they get there? They put their time in, they're here. They talk about all the hard work these people have done. You just assume. You assume you're on TV, you're a a millionaire, you're a superstar. The UFC is not like that. I remember when I was there, and you got to realize, like, you're not making the best amount of money. You only get paid when you fight. It's not like a weekly check. It's once, like, if you get hurt, you just don't get paid, you know? And, uh, And then when you do fight, you got to pay taxes. You got to pay your cornermen. You got to pay for your train. Like by the time you get out of there, unless you're making hundreds of thousands of dollars every fight, you're leaving with pennies. Like yeah. literally, where you're like, I, I need to fight again. I'm struggling. Yeah. The UFC, you know, it's one of those things you have to love it. Sure. And even Dana White said he made it clear. And I don't like this. I don't approve this, but it's like he goes, This isn't a career. This is an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's accurate. And it is because if you think about how they get paid and for what they're doing, it's more of an opportunity to showcase yourself, your skills, and people like Connor and Rhonda. You can make a lot of this opportunity, but at the same time, it's not a career. You can't do this forever, and that is the truth. While wrestling, on the other hand, depending of your value and what you're worth, you can be relevant for years to come. You know, it's it's one of those things. So, MMA MMA is tough. It's tough. Let me ask you this: just I, again, based on our brief, limited interactions, you're a pretty laid back guy. The original bro isn't something that you just came up with out of nowhere. It seems like a very strange dichotomy between the laid back Matt Riddle that the world gets to see versus this guy who engages in combat sports, like what, what is it about that? Whether it be MMA or WWE that really draws you to it. I am laid back, you know, and that's something that I, you know, I've always been, I've always had that demeanor. I've always sat back and watched, but at the same time, like, I I don't know why I still also have a chip on my shoulder. I always like feel like, I think every fighter does and every person, I think a lot of people in our business do. It's like, I I just want to prove myself. You know, I, I like, I don't know. It's not like in fighting, something in wrestling. It's just like, you know, I love it. I respect it and everything. And like I said, I'm laid back. I'm cool. I'm nice to everybody. But at the end of the day, I want to be the best. I want to be the star. Like, I don't know how to turn that off. You know, like, I always tell people, like, people are like, you know, they're on like, say, like testosterone or whatever. I'm like, I don't know what my T levels are. All I know is I'm through the roof all the time. Like, I just want to fight everybody. And I'm just like, I'm insane most of the time. And like, and that's why I keep my laid back demeanor because if it was as aggressive, I'd probably be in the loans, you know, be what it is. And when I get to stand up or I get to do something, I make it count, you know. And even when it was in the UFC, I was still laid back. I'd be in the locker room smiling, doing this. Rampage Jackson would call me chipper because. I was always smiling. I was always so happy. But then, like, I, I'll break your jaw. Like, I'll smash your face. And it's like, and and the thing is, even afterwards, I'm not mad at you. It's like that's just business. Like, right. I, 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 you're gonna embarrass me. I can't let that happen. And I don't want to embarrass you, but that's how I make my living. So I kind of have to. It's a weird dynamic. Even and even in pro wrestling, even though we work together, very much the same. 
Yeah, you got to kind of maintain that alpha mentality to an extent. Dude, a lot of people, like, like I'll talk to AJ, I've talked to, I've talked to a lot of people, and it's like, we work together, but it's, WWE is one of the craziest places to be. Because it's, it's like the Wild West in the locker room sometimes. You're like, nobody can stop us. Like, you know, like... G3 Assistance through Virginia's Community Colleges is your pathway to a new future. Helping those who qualify pay for school and train for the right career. Right where you are, right now. Learn more at vccs.edu forward slash G3. So walk me through a little bit of your journey from leaving MMA, the world of uncertainty there, to picking a slightly slightly better career for opportunities and longevity because let's let's face it in the grand scheme more often than not it's it's just an opportunity it's a hobby for a lot of guys and that's the thing you know i went from mma to pro wrestling <laughs> i'm not good at picking these that would be like me quitting wwe to go join a band and try to make it big <laughs> bro honestly when i when i left mma Honestly, I just felt like I put so much hard work in and I it just, it wasn't working. It was, I was just struggling just to get fights and this, that, and the other thing because of my ranking and just the money that I was getting offered. It just wasn't there. And when I was, I honestly, it's a coin story. I was watching WrestleMania 30, I believe, where I believe Daniel Bryan became the champion yes. and Undertaker, the streak was broken. And I watched that pay-per-view and I'm being an MMA fighter and I'm watching it. And I'm seeing before my eyes, and I've you know you see it over time. But that WrestleMania is mean something. And when I saw that WrestleMania, I saw guys like Daniel Bryan or Brock Lesnar beating the Undertaker and stuff like, and beating the. It's like there's a new era. Like the guys, like they're like this brand, this sport is going towards guys like me. Like, and this is something I've always wanted to do. I felt like even with MMA and everything else, I always wait for my opportunity because like. Things are hot when they're hot. And I saw that mania. The network was fresh, everything. And I was just like, I had to do this. I had to do this. I had to commit myself. And literally, I sold my house in Vegas because there's like, not that there isn't any wrestling schools in Nevada or in the Southwest, but there's a lot more in the Northeast. I have family in Pennsylvania, New York. So I moved to Pennsylvania. I started training at the Monster Factory. I went to ROH Dojo. I mean, I trained everywhere and I just, committed myself to it you know and i was because it's something i loved but you know and, and i think another thing when i was watching it because fighting in mma i people get booed. like if you're not swinging for the fences people get booed legends get booed mm-hmm. wwe two legends can stand there and just look at each other and the crowd is electric the amount of respect they have and i was just like i want that i need that like i want and that's why like i started pro wrestling and that's why i put all this work in and that's why I sold my house and moved because I was like, people will appreciate everything I've done, you know? And that's why I, I like, and I haven't looked back. I like, I started and I mean, I was paying to wrestle places when I first started mm-hmm. training, paying for everything, paying for seminars, going to legends camp in North Carolina, everything. Like I was, I did everything. I was grinding because you know what? I wasn't a Ronda Rousey. I wasn't a Conor McGregor. I'm not a Tyson Fury. You know, I wasn't a big enough star from where I was. I had to rebuild myself to what I am today, you know? But at the same time, I loved every second of it. And like I said, like, I know wrestling's hard. It's brutal. And MMA is no better, but like, I don't know. The amount of people I've met and the amount of love I got in wrestling is just, it's awesome. And like, I've never been happier with one door closing and another one opening to get where I am today. And it's just, I couldn't be happier. 
that's awesome. That, that's I, I never I never realized you went all in like that. Like I'm going to sell my house and go learn something else. I mean, that usually most of the guys that have come up on the indies, we do the indies that that you know when our work schedule allows just to try to get any sort of put in the door. You went all in, man. I appreciate that. I bet on myself really hard. It was really risky. And I remember before I started making money on the Indies, before I was even like traveling, I remember looking out my back window because I was living in my grandmother's house. She passed away and I was, I lived in her house, you know, because I couldn't, you know, I was just getting by. I remember looking out the window, like, what am I going to do? How am I going to do this? How am I going to make it? Like, what am I doing? I had three kids. It's tough, man. Bruh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> if man. Ever there was an appropriate time. Yeah. And there yeah. we go. And then, and then I was successful. I said, <laughs> yes, bro. That was right it. Three letters. <laughs> three letters is all you really needed. They, Who knew? Yes. <laughs> bro. <laughs> the thing. People like it. People like it. When, when you started learning uh, pro wrestling, did you have any sort of hiccups or obstacles that you had to overcome that sort of yes. went against what you had learned as, as a fighter? It's, it's an art, you know? So I think for me, like the moves, easy. The athleticism, easy. The punishment, easy. Being a character, being charismatic, being able to sell captivating an audience not just looking for competition not looking to win but like getting everybody involved yeah that that's an art and that honestly when people ask me what's harder pro wrestling or mma i go pro wrestling because in mma you just have to be able to kick somebody's you just gotta be tough you got like you can't hurt me i'm gonna hurt you that's it like it doesn't matter what happens out here pro wrestling it doesn't matter how cool your moves are or anything if you can't get them with you you're useless to your point you made made earlier about The Undertaker and being able to see legends just staring across, that's where it comes from. Goosebumps, bro. Goosebumps. <laughs> but, but it's all built off of emotion. That's the difference. That's why the, the label sports entertainment is so perfect because, yes, we've got a, a roster full of amazing otherworldly athletes. But if you can't get that emotion out of the crowd or out of the fans watching at home, it doesn't matter how many cool moves you can do. You know, it, it's we, we've got a lot of people who, that have passed through the doors that can do every move under the sun, but you can't get someone to care about you. No one's going to cheer you ever. Even when you look at other people that like, like I use Stone Cold Steve Austin as an example. Like, Grant, he's, he's Stone Cold. But like when he was in his earlier years, his work rate was insane. It yeah. was insane. His yep. pace, everything. It was amazing. Like he was ahead of his time. His matches with Ricky the Dragon Steamboat in WCW are some of my favorite of all time. They're and unreal. dude, they're snug, they're hard. That's the kind of wrestling I like. Legit. But he didn't become the legend he actually is until like he slowed everything down, wasn't doing half the amount of stuff, but he was him. Like I said, wrestling. Doesn't matter how hard you work or how bad you want it. It's like you're not in control. It's like it's I don't know what's in control. It's uh, it's like home alone. Like, how was that movie so successful? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's all but, a series of happy accidents, man. We've it seen it a million really, times. Did. I mean, Daniel Bryan, Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania 30. It inspired you to try to do this. But I mean, for, for every story I've heard, that was never the plan. It just kind of happened. It happened organically. The, the crowd latched on and went, hey, here we go. Dude, and you can't control you can't control that energy. You can't control the people like that. You know, you can try. You can be like, oh, well, we'll put this here and do this here and now make them do this. And, you, and trust me, I get, I get joy out of being able to control a crowd like that. But at the same time, at the end of the day, you never know. Right. <laughs> you never right. know. <laughs> they, they might not react. Tell me a little bit more about your time on the Indies when you first really started breaking out. That's when I heard your name. I had heard of you and as UFC star joins pro wrestling world. And I went, hmm, let's take a look at this. I, I wasn't particularly familiar with you at the time. 
Um, but then I started seeing your name popping up everywhere. And I'm hearing about this, this kid, Matt Riddle, this Matt Riddle kid. And I think I met you in Connecticut at an indie show at that baseball stadium yeah. for the first time. Yeah. So just walk me through your time there. What, what did you learn? What were some of your, your favorite memories? And, and what do you draw from now that keeps you who you are? I loved the indies. I loved wrestling on the indies, man. I was traveling nonstop. Like people talk about the WWE schedule being tough. When I was on the indies, I would travel to multiple countries every weekend. Like, and this isn't a joke. I'd be in Mexico, the UK, Scotland, Ireland, like Germany. I was traveling Canada. I mean, I was, I, I had to get a new passport because it was so stamped up. Mm-hmm. And you got to realize this for me, I, like, I never knew this world existed. Like, for me, I knew WWE when I first started wrestling, right? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I started wrestling, started getting exposure. And, hey, will you try this Evolve show? It's an indie. And then after I did Evolve, progress in the UK. And then before you knew it, it was just, it was just such a cra- – I didn't knew, I didn't know this world existed. I didn't know I could even make a living unless I had, like, a huge, huge company. But when I was on the indies, I was like, I'm working, like, six days a week. I'm getting paid. There's full crowds. I bring my suitcase. As you know, I don't wear much when I wrestle. It's like just, you know, right. I, like it's just a pair of shorts. But I did that on purpose because I would just carry a suitcase, pack it till it was 50 pounds, just a merch, hats, stickers, yeah. t-shirts. And it was a hustle. But part of that hustle is why I got to where I am. Because it's like I said, like people might complain like, oh, do you remember when we were selling t-shirts? Though? I'm like, I miss selling t-shirts. Like it was fun like there's a, there's a couple fun. guys that we we reminisce all the time about going over to the uk in like the the 2008 2009 era and you would make more at the merch table than you were getting paid every oh, yeah. time without fail i would go to england about every month six weeks and i'd come back and pay my rent with my merch money and it's your point about the hustle i remember there was a there was an indie company in feels good in cleveland that i used to go work for about once a month and the owner ran a t-shirt printing company. That was his day job. So I would say, I'll come do the show from Pittsburgh. It was a two hour drive. I'll drive in, pay me in a box of t-shirts. So he would print me a design. I would ship it over to the UK, go over there, make you know twice the money on the t-shirts, come back. And that's how I made a living the whole time, man. It, it is, it's a hustle. It's a grind nonstop. And I think that's the one thing, like, I think some people might hate about the Indies, but it's also like one thing I love about this business is like that hustle. Like even when we're out in the front of the crowd, when, when there are crowds, because it's been a while, but when there's crowds and you're like selling and there's a fan like right in your face, you're like, bro, you know, like it's, it's a hustle. Like, oh man, I'd feel better if you bought a t-shirt, you know, like, right? you know what I'm saying? Like, but it's fun. And they're like, oh my God, Matt Riddle says all the You know, like it, even on the Indies, you, I feel like since I've been part of the bigger company, I don't get as much interaction with fans. But I, I miss the Indies. I just miss that like grimy, just everybody's on top of everybody. You're wrestling. I, well, I'm always barefoot. So I'm wrestling like in bars in the UK, just filthy. Oh, and I'm just like, but it was just, it was just, it was a world. I, it was like a real life fight club world. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah, it was, I don't, and that's the thing. Like that's why. Like I get like people who love the Indies. Like I love the Indies. It was the one of the greatest parts of my life. But at the same, I do also appreciate where I am now, and right. I like where I am now. Like I don't want to. I don't want to go back. But I love the fact that I have the memories. Amen. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I relate to you a thousand percent on that. So, so you're you're on the Indies, not for a particularly long period of time. Like, right. It seemed as though it's just from my perspective, I started hearing your name pop up, seeing you, you know, here and there on the, on the internet. And then 
all of a sudden I get word. I actually think it was the week before I, I met you in Connecticut because I had yeah. heard some rumblings internally that you were uh, headed to NXT. So tell me about th- that jump from your perspective, still being relatively new to the business. Well, to be honest, like, even with my UFC career, like I had one amateur fight, I kind of lied. <laughs> so I, I'm a- from my experience, I like to get pushed pretty quick. I like, like to get places. So, like, for me, it wasn't that long on the Indies, but for me, it felt like an eternity. I was like, sure. why am I not signed? And then, like, I almost got signed by, like, companies like New Japan, you know, and WWE. I had tryouts. And and there was a point where, like, I remember I wrestled 12 matches at, at WrestleMania one year. A couple okay. years ago, wrestled 12 matches. And I remember I was jacked up because they were 20 minute matches. I did a tournament, everything like they were barn burners and I was rocked, you know? And I just remember just being in my room, like, like, what do I have to do? Because I've had multiple companies come up to me, offer me stuff. And then they're like, well, well, we actually can't because of this. And I'm just like, and at this point, but like, I don't know. I like, I wanted to quit, but like, but what else, what I was I going to do? Like quit to what? Like I can't quit. I'll be honest. Like there was a time where I never thought I was going to get signed. And I thought I was just going to be a, like, uh, I, I compared myself to like a Bruce Campbell. Like I never was yeah. the main star <laughs> of a main, like, just you can be a cult but, hero, man. Well, yeah, but I'm a cult legend, bro. You know, <laughs> so I was, it was like, yo, I'm happy with this. If I'm the king of bros on the Indies and I never get signed. That's fine. You know, I'm happy with that, but it still hurt, you know, because I knew how much work, I knew how valuable I was. And I just felt like I was never going to get my, my, my chance, my time in the sun, you know, but, but at the end of the day, you know, uh, I just didn't give up, you know, John Cena, never, well, that's get, what it never is, give up. Never that's a testament up. to just keep knocking on doors until you find one that lets you in. And like I said, like I said, it was rough because I knew what I brought to the table and I just wasn't getting it. So many things. Sure. But then when it finally happened, and then I was in that position to be like, well, right. And, and, I, and people always ask me advice. I'm like, well, you got to realize this, especially in pro wrestling. Yeah. Everybody's different. Everybody has a different scenario, a different theme, a different persona. So it's, right. like, it's not even like, how good are you? It's like, it's a lot of timing is everything, man. Timing, timing. So let me ask you this, uh, coming from the indies and you're obviously very secure and confident in who you are as a performer and as a person. I can attest to coming from the world of the indies to the machine, but the WWE universe, it's definitely an adjustment. Did you have any hiccups or bumps along the road learning the change in culture, so to speak? You know, I'm pretty, you've seen me, I'm pretty easygoing. So when it comes to, when people tell me what to do and all that, I think everybody has this vision of me because they see the videos or they see how I talk about certain things and they're like, oh, this guy's going to be a like, like, I don't want to deal with this guy. But when you actually work with me, I remember like Terry Taylor, who's one of the hardest coach, you know, if you're in NXT. Oh, yeah. Kind of, I, I, I spent a lot of time guy. with Terry. Yeah. yeah. He's that guy. <laughs> and literally, I remember he held me after class one day. He's like, I need to talk to you. And he started talking. He's like, what do you think? And I was like, hey, man, honestly, it's not about. And I basically told, I, I, I talked to him. I told him who I was and like we broke down. And he literally, and this is the thing. In real life, I never get told this, but when it comes to pro wrestling and MMA, I get told. And after our conversation, he goes, wow, Matt, you're a really smart guy. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, hey, only in pro wrestling and MMA, when it comes to working people, doing this business, I'm very good at this and sports entertainment, even fighting. I'm very good at these things. When it comes to the world, I'm not a smart guy. When it comes to these things, I'm very good at these things. I'm very smart in this arena. But like, think about it. Like, I talked to Terry and 10 minutes later, he's like, wow, you're really smart. I'm like, hey, take it easy. 
if you walk through the locker room, there's, there's a bunch of guys that have some great Terry Taylor stories because we all spent a lot of time with him, even back to FCW and NXT. And Seth Rollins is always the other one that comes to mind because he and I had very similar issues because Terry has a very particular way of doing things. However, of all the coaches and all the little minutia that we apply on a, on a regular basis now on television, we go, man, where did I pick that up? You'd be amazed at how many times it's like, oh, that was Terry Taylor. It's one of those ones where you go, damn it, he was right. Hey, that's the thing. And, you know, it's one of those things that when you're learning from him and you learn from everybody, it's like, like, yo, you'll get it. You'll get it. And like, even like I wrestled AJ and every time we have a match, he talks to me afterwards. Uh-huh. <laughs> he tells, and, I, and I love it. And I'm like, everything he's saying is true. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, he's yep. right. Yep. You know, but I think like, just like anything, you need to experience it yourself. You need to kind of live through it yourself. And like, and I think every one of us is proud. So it's like, you, you know, you listen to stuff, but you're like, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to do I that know. anyway. Yeah, exactly. And like, it, it's hard because even though you know they're right, sometimes you find yourself being like, well, I was, and you're like, no. And I'd stop myself. I'm like, don't explain it. He knows. Yeah. He's smart. <laughs> okay. Like, just take it. And uh, like, Terry, there's so many times where you're like, why won't this guy stop? But at the end of the day, like you said, it's like, why do I do it? Terry, and it works. Yep. Yep. At the time, you don't realize it, but, you know, somewhere down the line, the appreciation kicks in. So you had a hell of a run in, in NXT. The one thing that actually stands out to me that I think I first really took notice uh, as to what you were all about actually didn't happen in NXT. It was when you guys, you and Gulak did the match at Evolve that was on WWE Network. And that was the first time I think I sat down and went, okay, I'm going to pay attention to this because I've been a big Gulak fan for years. And again, I, I knew of you. I'd seen limited bits of your stuff in NXT. Catchpoint yeah, happens. And, and I, I was at home sitting on my bed and I was like, I'm going to see what this is all about. And you guys blew me away because it was just different. It was refreshing. It was, the style was different. It made sense. And um, so what are your, some, of, some of your favorite memories of, of that and your tenure in NXT? NXT is awesome. And I've wrestled Gulak in NXT, but wrestling Gulak on the network for Evolve, Gulak is one of those guys. And there's other people like Tim Thatcher, Oni, like there's other people on our roster, Cesaro, like where you don't need to say nothing. Right. You're going to be like, this is going to happen at one point. Trust me, there's plenty of people. Now, granted, there's t- plenty of people that can do it. We honestly don't get to work like that most of the time. Sure. Because we have times and we it's, it's a job. Like, that's one thing I loved about the Indies is like, do whatever. <laughs> you know, like, kill yeah. it. You know, awesome. You know, and, uh, and NXT is a lot like that, you know, where they're just like, kill it. But wrestling guys like you, like, there's something about it. It's that's the kind of wrestling I love. Because And I don't look at it as sports entertainment, even though it is, or pro wrestling. I look at it as sport wrestling because it's a sport. The, the pace we're pushing, the work we're putting in, the physicality, any normal man gets in that ring, you're going to be jacked up for a while. Like, you, this is a fight. This is, you be ready. But it's like it's, you agree to it, you know? Like, you know where yeah. you get into. And – you respect one another for it, you know, like, and people might be like, Oh, this is weird. No, it's like, dude, this is, this is, this is man. This is man stuff. (laughs) stuff. And like, and it's always like you're testing each other. You're testing that iron, you know, but it, the reaction you get afterwards, the respect you get people, guys like you, people, everybody that respects what like people do like that stuff. Like I do, like, I don't know what's going to happen next week because it's just like, yeah, where, where, and then like, you're like, <laughs> caught my breath. Where, <laughs> you know, the fans respect that. And I think it's, 
I think we're going to get there because my goal in wrestling is to make wrestling that. Not that there aren't there aren't other spots because wrestling is for everybody, you know, and everybody has a place with any sure. style. But my style is that I love that. Do they like each other? Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I want to question. I want you to question what's going on. I want you to be like, is this real? I need you to do that. And like, that's what I love about matches like that. And like another guy I want to work with, I haven't really worked with yet, is Chad Gable. Yes. I think I think he he's a stallion, Olympian stallion, bro. For you sure. Know? Yep. So I think, and there's others, like like we say, Gulak and, is, but that's my style. That's my steez. Oh, I'm looking forward to seeing more of it, man. I, that, that to me, just as a fan, the fan in me enjoys watching. And when I was when I was in the ring, I'll pass. Let me let me let me do a, a nice easy match. I could do about six times a week. But I, I love watching this, watching what you guys do. It's it's definitely exciting. It's interesting. It's different. I think there is definitely a big place for it in our business and our company. G3 Assistance through Virginia's community colleges is your pathway to a new future, helping those who qualify pay for school and train for the right career. Right where you are, right now. Get a skill. Get a job. Get ahead. You can learn more at vccs.edu forward slash G3. I'm forced to ask you just because we're talking about your time in NXT that was uh, sort of put Matt Riddle in the, in the spotlight, so to speak, was you calling out uh, several people, I particularly people. Bro- uh, yeah, Brock Lesnar and Goldberg are the first two to come to mind. So much so yeah. that I remember watching NXT and the, the full sale crowd chanting Riddle and it got, it had some legs to it. So how did that all come to be? Like I said, you can't really you, you can you can set stuff up, you can plant seeds, but you can't make any you know, you can't make certain things happen. The riddle chance, that's just a well timed spear, <laughs> well timed tweet, you know, like it's all really it. But I'll be honest, like my thing with Goldberg, and I think others like myself would agree because like I think moneymaker, yes, is he a stallion in his own right? Yes, you know, can't take that away from him. Not my cup of tea. I think we all know that. I'll be honest though, Brock. Guy has it all. <laughs> you know, like guy, <laughs> guy has it all. I want a piece because he's awesome. Like, and I, I feel like I think he's taken my comments as like literal disrespect, and I think he really hates me. Which, hey, okay, I get it. I'm like, I rubbed you the wrong way, but I, and I've told everybody, I'm like, hey, I get it. I'll stay away. I won't. I won't call people out anymore. I won't call these people out anymore. But I still want it. I'm not going to go and I'm not going to go away. Like I'm going to make myself valuable enough until like the money's on the table and he's like, it's worth it. And I know I can do that. I love that. It, that it's less of a call out, more of a long-term goal. You know what I mean? That, yeah. I, I can see that. That And definitely, and, and, that's it, the thing. and when I first started wrestling, like when I sold the house and everything, I started wrestling. I remember people were like, well, what's your goal in pro wrestling? I was like, well, I like to set goals that are like almost unattainable because in the process of trying to get to that goal, you're probably going to be great you know, in the process. And they're like, so what's your goal? I'm like, I want to retire because he just beat the undertaker. I was like, I want to retire Brock Lesnar. And everybody's like, but that'll never happen. You're an idiot. I'm like, yes, I won't happen. But you know, but like, but I know if I try, I'll probably be super successful. And see that little wrinkle. I've never heard it explained like that, because when you talk about the story, you started this interview with, that was the night that you decided this is what you wanted to do. That would be full circle. So it all makes sense now. Exactly. Because, Brock, 
nothing but the utmost respect. And I think my words were taken as disrespectful, which is fine, you know. But like I said, at the end of the day, I just know what I have to do. I need to make myself valuable enough to get in the ring with him. And I hope I can do that. And it's not like a one-minute squash. I hope I get it. I I get it. <laughs> well, you, you took another step to making yourself more valuable. Uh, just recently joining the Friday Night SmackDown roster. What uh, went through your mind when you got word that you were coming on up? It finally happened. I'm finally here. I'm finally I'm – in, I'm in the big dog's yard, you know. <laughs> I'm, 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 fine. I'm pretty stoked. I can't know? wait for the headlines tomorrow. Matt Riddle calls out Roman Reigns on hey, podcast. <laughs> take it easy. Take it easy. He's a good guy. He's, he's been nothing but swell to me, you know. I, I, I think it's mutual. But, but you know, I – but because like, I love NXT, I love the Indies, like I said, but like this is, I, I fought in the UFC. I've been on huge stages before and I've been waiting to be back on a stage like this. And to be back on Fox feels great. And to be there every week and to be in the locker room with Stally, like everybody on the main roster, everybody's good. You don't get there unless you're somebody. So it's just like, it just, it feels good and it feels Right. You know, like I feel like people are like, oh, and it's, you know, because, and you can attest to this, like when you go to a different company or a different place, it's like a new high school, you know? Yeah. And yeah. And like, there's some drama, there's some clicks, you know? But at the end of the day, it's like, it feels good. I feel like I, I've been, I should have been a part of this high school for a while, you know? And so far, it's been great. Everybody's been awesome. I, I love the writers, the producers. I like it. Bruce Pritchard's killing it. Like, I love it all. So it's like, I'm really happy with everything. Oh, and your first night on the show, you go toe-to-toe with AJ Styles, which, I mean, right. in my opinion, I say it on commentary each and every week, he's, he's the best in-ring performer of our generation, in my opinion. Uh, and you guys go out there and proceed to tear it down. How did you feel after that first night? Did you feel like, hey, I belong, or there's more work to do? What was your mindset after that? My mind, there's always more work to do. I could always improve. It could have been better. And so is AJ. That's why he's as good as he is. Because after our match, we're already talking about how we can make anything better. And even after the last match, it's the same thing. But for me, I was just really happy. Because, you know, people, the amount of trash people talk. And that's just what it is. Our era, trash, you know. (laughs) People talk trash, you know. But the amount of people are like, oh, why? Like, why would he be called up? They're going to ruin him. This, that, the other thing. Blah, 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 blah. And I was just like, you guys don't get it. Like, <laughs> nobody, nobody is going to ruin me. I wouldn't go up if you were going to ruin me. And I was like, hey, like, I'm not, like, I wouldn't, like, I don't care about money. I don't. I don't care. I, I'll live on the streets, you know? I don't care. It's like, but I want certain things a certain way. And I don't, I, I respect you, respect me. You know, it's just one of those things. Like, right. And I think honestly, they can, like they might, people might say, oh, that's stupid. It's always about the money, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, because if you become a legend, the money comes. So it's like, I'm not about money. I'm about my status. I'm about where we all are. And I'm about making, and I told him, I'm about making you money. Like, I'm not, I'm never going to ask for more than I'm worth. But at the same time, I know what I'm worth. So it's like, you know, he knows that. I think that's why everything's been so good and things are only going to get better. Awesome. Awesome. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. What, uh, what off the top of your head are you looking forward to in the short term? Anybody you looking to lock up with that you haven't before? 
You know, there's there's a lot of guys on the on the main roster, especially SmackDown. But I feel like there's people that people wouldn't they like they wouldn't think, oh, I want those matchups. But I like me personally, like Chad Gable's stallion. I know we'll tear it up if we ever get in the ring. He, he's too good not to, you know. But then like me, because of my size, because I'm big, but I don't you're I don't, deceptively big. I, I remember yeah. the first time I met you and you were slightly taller than I was, and I was like, Oh, I never realized you were as big as you are. Right. But like, say something like Sheamus, Big E. I want those matches. Like Corbin, I'm stoked. It's like I'm gonna get it out of you, bro. <laughs> like we're going, and I think we're gonna tear it down. And I like wrestling bigger men. Like I like like that that size difference because being a, usually the face, I, I like being the underdog. And it's hard to be an underdog when you're ripped, you're jacked, you're a UFC fighter, you're a world champion in jujitsu. It's like how are you the underdog? How are we gonna get sympathy? People that are bigger than me. I can get sympathy. They, you know, they can get yeah. that out of me, yeah. and it's believable. Absolutely. You know, so like when I look at like I look at the roster, like I want to wrestle Shannon so bad. <laughs> like the guy's huge. I know he will beat the crap out of me, and people are going to be like, and then when they see me come back and fire up and beat him back, and they're like, oh my god, like it's just one of those matches. Like when I wrestle Keith or Walter or any of these guys on the Indies. When I go against because it's so hard for me to find somebody that's bigger and can go like that, especially on the yeah. Indies. But now in WWE. There's a plethora of people that can do that, that are bigger and can make me look like a victim. And I'm just like, let's go. Because that's what I need. I need the competition. I need that. And like I said, like I want a lot of corners with guys like Seamus, Big E. I mean, even like, and don't get me wrong, there's Jeff Hardy. There's there's so many people I want to wrestle, but like I want I want those big boys. I want those thick boys. I, <laughs> I have great matches with big guys, you know, and it's just and I feel like it brings the best out of me. And I can like like, is it that deadlift Tony Nese? I'm a stallion. Okay. But when I deadlift gut wrench Keith Lee and I can barely get him up and I'm like shaking like the warrior and I'm like, oh, and I throw him. <laughs> it's all about moments. And I can make moments with a big guy. It's hard to make moments, you know, and like unless it's Chad Gable where you know it's just going to be, you know, it's going to yeah, be yeah. sick. But it's a different match, you know. But me, I want to, the reason I came to the big show is I want to lock horns with the big boys. And yeah, like Brock, could you imagine? Could you imagine, dude? <laughs> if he's not, hey, I'm not calling you out. Hey, we talked. About, <laughs> I'm not calling you out. I'm just saying, could you imagine? Watch some of my tape. You don't have to. I'm just saying, if you have time. <laughs> he's, he's probably not watching this. Well, we'll get it in his hands. We'll get it in front of him somehow. Yeah, we'll, we'll make it happen. Were you kidding me? Brock's definitely on his farm in Canada hunting moose, listening to After the Bell, without a doubt, surely. Just on his wireless. <laughs> like, still, he's still talking that. <laughs> he's still talking. Uh, before I let you go, what's uh, what's something that the WWE universe does not know about Matt Riddle that might surprise or shock them? It doesn't have, even have to do with wrestling. It could just be anything about you. I mean, I feel like my life's a pretty open book. I feel like people know a lot about me. I say this. I think one thing people don't know is I bought a new house. You know, I got 10 acres. It's in the middle of nowhere. That's how I like it. I grew up, you know, I'm a, I'm a country guy. You know, I, I like the wilderness and big dirt bike enthusiast. There you go. <laughs> you see, these people know I skateboard. I got a bunch of skateboards. I rip them around Orlando, all this and that. But I also ride dirt bikes. You know, I've, I've rid, ridden some horses. You know, I, 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 like, I like to be mobile, you know. And, and, <laughs> I, you know, so I think, I think if things people don't know about me, it's like, you know, I can ride a dirt bike. I can do some wheelies. I can hit some jumps. See, you and Jeff Hardy will be fast friends, man. He's a big dirt bike guy. Dude, 
dude, I know. Like people, me and me and Jeff are pretty friendly. Like you know, I I don't want to speak for him, but I think I think we're pretty tight. <laughs> I think we're cool. <laughs> I think we're pretty cool. But uh, yes, I think you know we're both dirt bike guys. Right on, man. Well, I am stoked to see what you're capable of, what you accomplish, and I'm excited to call some of these matches with you and the uh, the big guys, as they say, the big guys. in the future. I cannot wait. Um, welcome to Friday Night Smackdown, Mr. Riddle. I am excited for the future. Hey, thank you so much, Mr. Graves. It's awesome. I cannot wait to see what that dude accomplishes on Friday Night Smackdown and beyond. I truly believe there is a very, very big, bright future in the land of WWE for the original bro. So thank you one more time to Matt Riddle for joining the show. Before I bail on you, I'm going to throw a little zen your way. Forgive me if I mispronounce this. I'm not quite fluent in Japanese. I want to say E-Q-I-K-K-Y-U. You taught us that having no destination, I am never lost. Simple to the point. There's some Zen for you. I'm full of it. Make sure you follow at After the Bell WWE on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Send us your thoughts using the hashtag After the Bell. Believe it or not, that's about the only time I get on Twitter these days is to follow that little hashtag and see what good, bad, or indifference you are spitting my way. If you're using Apple Podcasts, shoot me five stars, leave a review. It helps spread the word. If you're using an Android, follow ATB on Pandora, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or whatever you're using so that you never miss an episode. You can follow me at WWE Graves and follow the inanity that is my day-to-day life. And I'll be back next week with more visit. Wow, I messed up the outro to my own show. Don't edit that. This is as real as it gets, damn it. I'll be back next week with more wisdom, more vitriol, and more WWE after the bell. G3 Assistance through Virginia's Community Colleges is your pathway to a new future. Helping those who qualify pay for school and train for the right career. Right where you are, right now. Get a skill. Get a job. Get ahead. You can learn more at vccs.edu forward slash G3.